Hello and welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. I want to uh, take a quick second here and say thanks very much for joining us today. I hope everybody's having a great day. Uh, I certainly am. You know, still being newer to the podcast world, uh, when I uh, decided to do this and as I record these sessions, I get pretty excited about it. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing them and uh, I'm really thrilled today because uh, I have my uh, longtime colleague and good friend on the line, Asham. So welcome. Hey, Paul. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good, man. How have you been? I've been good. Uh, just on the other side of the holidays. Um, so trying to get back into things. But yeah, happy to be on. Great. Yeah, listen, I appreciate you freeing up the time uh, to join me today. You know, for those uh, listening to this podcast right now who, uh, who are unfamiliar with you, uh, take a couple seconds here and introduce who you are. Sure. Uh, Ashams, um, been doing sales now for just over two decades. Um, originally out of Cairo, Egypt, but I've lived in California now for about uh, 40 some odd years. Uh, I'm a Bruin through and through, and uh, I now live in Orange County. Orange County, California. Jeez, my condolences for uh, the neck of the woods that you decided to hang your hat. Yeah, it's terrible weather yeah, outside terrible. right now. It's like 65 degrees. <laughs> you know, as I was driving in this morning, uh, and I knew that we had this podcast scheduled, um, and for, for those listening who don't know this, uh, uh, Ash and I have known each other for years um, through a number of different channels, and I was thinking, do you remember when we first met, how long it's been? Um, I do remember that we met in the training class with uh, with Xerox. I don't like to admit that I don't know how long it's been. Well, listen, I, I remember because it was the first training class I ever taught, and it was February of 2006, man. So we're coming up on 14 years. Was that really your first class? Yeah, that was really my first class, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So anyways, man, listen, it's been a great uh, great friendship and, uh, and a great relationship with you, and I appreciate you being here. You know, as uh, as we do with these podcasts, you know, we, we chatted before the, the the recording and talked about grounding of the call. And, you know, the name of the podcast is Your Intention Matters because it really is all about intention and mindset. And I have a belief that says things are important enough to you, you know, you'll figure out a way to create it. And uh, I wanted to have you on this call uh, for a number of different reasons. And so if you're open to it, um, why don't you share with, with me and everybody listening, um, what was your first sales job? When did you get into sales? Um, my first sales job, uh, I guess, was kind of in college. I was doing telemarketing at the UCLA annual fund. And um, I didn't really see it as sales, but I guess we were selling the university to alumni um, to get them to make donations to the, uh, to the fund. Um, I didn't think of it as sales. I was just calling alumni and having conversations with them. And if they wanted to donate, they would donate. Like it wasn't mm. a, a hard sell, if you will. But thinking, of, I mean, if I was asked to go back and do that now, I'd probably cringe about calling somebody and asking them to donate something to the university. <laughs> no kidding. And so what'd you take at UCLA? I was a uh, psych and social major. So um, 
Yeah, not exactly the uh, the perfect uh, undergraduate majors for a sales profession, but um, I think it did help a little bit in giving uh, some insight to human behavior and um, understanding motivations and the um, the needs of human beings in terms of importance and validation and value. Yeah, and absolutely. And uh, and so once you graduated, which was when back in ninety nine two thousand, when did you graduate? Yep, 1999. 99. Um, yeah, I went on to uh, begin my um, very, very short legal career. I was a paralegal in Los Angeles, and um, I, um, within about nine months, came to uh, the understanding that, like, this is probably not going to be the firm for me. So I was looking for a different place to kind of make a transition before I found my next firm. And um, a buddy of mine said like, hey, there's this great organization um, that's uh, at Xerox is supporting uh, public education. And I was, I was always passionate about public education. So he said, this would be a great fit for you. So I went there thinking, I'll be here for a few months and, um, and then transition on to my next firm. And uh, I was there for about 16 years. At Xerox, you know, a number of different sales roles. Yeah, in 16 years, um, I had uh, four different roles. So I started off as account manager, uh, product specialist, uh, business development executive. And when I left, I was the uh, operations director for um, the West Coast K-12. You know, so so you decided to join Xerox out of college after, you know, taking a stab at paralegal and, uh, and, and that type of career. Um, you know, I... I know your background, Egyptian background and so forth. Uh, any resistance from mom and dad about uh, f- four years of college and then, you know, selling some yeah. boxes? Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, as a first generation immigrant, like um, there are really only a handful of jobs that are um, uh, validated by um, our parents, which is, you know, you could be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, uh, something of that, an accountant, maybe. Um, one of those professions, but selling um, technology or, you know, machines or printers or copiers or something like that was just like, you know, you went to college, what are you doing? And I remember a specific right, example right. when we were, we were about, I don't know, I want to say 21, 22, we were at a dinner party and one of the older aunties was walking around, she was like, oh my gosh, you guys are so grown now and you know, I can't believe how the time has flown. And she's asking all the, you know, folks in the room, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, and one of the guys was like, yeah, um, I've got my own medical practice. I'm over here doing this. And one of the gals was like, yeah, I just graduated and uh, uh, I'm going on to law school. And she looked at me and she's like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I work at Xerox right now. And she literally patted me on the head and she's like, well, yeah, you know, Xerox is Xerox. Thinking like I was some Kinko's boy. <laughs> Right, right. Like, don't worry, it'll get better. You, 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 don't worry, but you'll, you'll find your way. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out being what, almost 20 years? Yeah, it was about 16 years. Um, a great career, great time. I worked with some amazing people, um, working above and beyond everything there. The, the training and the support was uh, world class, second to none. And the exposure that I had to um, sales, sales process, sales strategies um, was really amazing. 
Well, you know, I mean, what you said at the start uh, kind of resonated with me that, you know, you decided to uh, apply and ultimately start working for Xerox really under the guise of, yeah, we'll, we'll just give it a go and we'll see what happens here. And that was very similar to me. I mean, I ended up there not quite 16 years, but it was almost 10. And I was out of work and I needed a job and I hadn't been in sales ever. And so I, and I went in very much with the attitude of, well, I'll give it till the end of the year and I'll see what happens. And in the end, it ends up being, you know, probably one of the best decisions of my life. And it sounds like similar to you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, you don't realize, but there, um, there are people like you may have not had the intention of making a career out of sales, but um, with the training, the processes and stuff like that, it just became such a perfect fit. Um, and it was really natural. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it a lot and uh, made great money, uh, made some great friends. So, yeah, what was originally supposed to be several months turned into 16 years really quickly. <laughs> yeah, 16 years. The irony years. was there was a couple of people in my training class that I remember. Uh, we went out to drinks when we finished the training program, which was uh, like 12 or 14 weeks initially. And then there was another six months tacked on afterwards where you would kind of shadow another um, account executive. Anyways, at the end of the training session, they, everybody got together and they were like, oh, I want to be you know, a product specialist in two years. And somebody else was saying, like, I want to be in operations. And the other person was like, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. And they were looking at me and I was like, I'm going to be out of here in six months. Like, I, I gotta, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go do something else. This isn't really for me. And um, they were all gone in like five or six years. And I was still there for, uh, um, for just shy of two decades. Yeah, man. Well, listen, you, your career at Xerox uh, was was pretty impressive over the years. I mean, the, I mean, really, this day and age, 16 years for a company is not the most common thing. The, the, the level of loyalty, I would even say, in my opinion, on both sides of the coin, from a company to employee and a, an employee to company, it just isn't there, uh, certainly like it used to be. And so, um, you know, you're there at the company 16 years. Uh, you keep me honest here, but I don't think anybody was, you know, kicking you out the door and there, you had a long runway with the company. Uh, Why did you eventually leave? What, what was going on there? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. Um, 16, the reason I think I lasted first was 16 years was because every, you know, three years or so, um, I was given a different challenge and an opportunity to, to learn and grow. So um, once I got kind of tired and, uh, board of my current role, they would, you know, pending, of course, that you proven that you could do it successfully, other opportunities would open up. And so that just kept it interesting for a while. Um, but there was a wide variety of things that kind of took place. I wanted to do more, more inside of K-12. And mm. I felt like what I was doing um, at Xerox was kind of getting a little stagnant. Um, I started a program um, at USC, the, um, for a public education finance. Um, and I, I was contemplating potentially going, being a, a CBO inside of a school district. And then, um, I got a call from a buddy who said that they were doing something, uh, different at, um, Cisco now for K-12. And, um, he convinced me to take an interview and ah, same thing. Like while I was going to the interview, I was thinking like, yeah, this probably is not going to work for me. Um, and here I am, um, five years later, five years later. Now, how long, how long was that process for you when you first started 
thinking about, you know, maybe I need to maybe look at some other options here. And when you eventually decided to actually do it, how long would, would that have been? I mean, it's probably a couple months. Um, it's hard to walk away from a great salary, great compensation and, you know, uh, level of comfort that you have when you're working in a place where you understand the culture and you've been there for so many years. Yeah. Um, it's hard to walk away, but honestly, um, you were a big inspiration for me because when you took the leap um, and created your own company and started your own thing, I was like, you know what? Paul's got the right idea. He did it. Um, and he, he powered through it. So I think, I think it's time for me to do the same thing. So that was a big, inspiration a big motivation for me as well oh let me get my checkbook out man thank you <laughs> <laughs> no but but listen in all seriousness i, I know that you know you, you work for a company for 10 15 plus years you've uh, you've got great credibility there uh seniority and you have a track record and i know that it's not the easiest to let go of the branch all of a sudden like you, you decide to go to a reputable company like cisco great brand strength, good market share, and very well-respected organization. But you still don't know what you don't know. And sometimes the path of least resistance is just to stay the course and the safer route is, well, let's just stay here, especially in a situation like yours where they weren't exactly uh, asking you to leave. It was a decision where you electively decided, uh, you know, I need to do something different. And uh, and I'm glad to hear that uh, your decision uh, has been a good one. No regrets? Zero regrets. Um, no, they actually countered and made several attempts to um, keep me at the at the company. Um, uh, it made the decision a little bit more difficult, but still, like, no, I was very uh, excited to start something new um, with Cisco. They were really doing some really state-of-the-art stuff with, with K-12, um, and I was excited to be a part of that. Uh, it's it's obviously challenging. It's a little scary, you know, to make the mm -hmm. leap. Um, but I think we're both wired that way. Like I'm always looking for the next challenge. And if I feel like, you know, in my professional or in my personal life that like I'm not growing, then I think it's on me um, to find a way that I can continue to challenge myself and develop and, and grow, whether yeah. it be, you know, I agree with that. Professionally sure. or personally. Yeah. And so what are you doing at Cisco now? What's your role? So right now at Cisco, uh, I'm an account manager supporting um, K-12 in Southern California. And uh, we drive uh, a few key initiatives. We help drive a few key initiatives in K-12. Um, network security being one of them. Um, helping them support the one-to-one -one, um, device ratio, um, which is a big thing in uh, California here where a lot of our public schools are issuing um, devices to their students, um, whether that be a tablet or a, a laptop or whatever. And then the third and final one is uh, campus and student safety. All in SoCal? All in Southern California, yeah. Mm. I mean, I have um, uh, colleagues that cover the rest of the, the country, but um, yeah, all of my um, accounts are, are in Southern California. Well, you know, man, listen, I, I really appreciate you sharing uh, your story with us, uh, really. I think that uh, most people listening to this uh, would resonate, uh, you know, with what you went through and 
uh, and, and you know the career that you've built and so you've got 20 years under your belt and you, you kind of get into sales not really with a direction of you know I'm going to be a professional salesperson uh, I'm going to give it you know a few weeks and see what happens here and then it turns into a a great career long time at Xerox a long time at Cisco now and um, any advice for anyone listening who might have uh, you know similar situations and similar thoughts to you anything on your mind yeah I mean you know what was interesting is the uh, perception of what a sales professional is um, <laughs> is sometimes different than what it actually is so you know the the typical sales professional is the guy who's at the used car lot and he's trying to you know, pull a fast one on a customer and sell them a, a Cadillac with a bad transmission or something. Right. Um, uh, but that's couldn't be the furthest thing from what the actual job is. And especially today, you know, what a salesperson was in the sixties is clearly not what a salesperson is today. Um, with technology, with the internet, um, with online commerce, uh, how customers and people, purchase things, procure things, um, is completely changed. So the role of a salesperson now is not, you know, somebody who's going to force you to buy a bad used car. It's a consultant. Um, it's a trusted advisor. It's, um, a sounding board of somebody that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, and that person, um, ends up building, needs to build credibility and trust with their clients in order to be, successful. So my, my advice would be um, that if you're contemplating, you know, uh, a sales position, that it's, it's not what it used to be. Um, and then do something that you love. I think I'm passionate about K-12. I'm passionate about public education. So working inside of K-12 um, has been great for me because the issues, the challenges, um, all those things kind of resonate with me. So um, I get excited about finding new and different creative ways that we can try to drive initiatives and um, help resolve some of the problems and challenges inside of public education. You know, your comment about doing what you love, um, I, really, I really respect because, you know, being in sales for a long time and being a buyer as well, um, I think you can tell when a salesperson is just checking boxes, they're there mechanically, and they don't really have a passion or an interest in what they're actually selling and the impact they can have on, on me as the buyer. So I think, well, then why are you doing this job? Go do something else that you love. I think you spend all this time away from your family, you might as well do what you love. And if you can find a way to make Agreed. it. Agreed. Yeah, you know, I mean, otherwise it's just silly. It is silly, and I think ultimately what ends up happening is um, – you know, the, the profession finds a way of flushing out people who uh, don't like what they're doing. Because if you don't like what you're doing, ultimately, you don't, you're not good at it. And mm. um, for the order takers that are there and for the people that are just, you know, responding to requests and collecting purchase orders and that sort of stuff, ultimately, you get phased out of the job because you don't perform. Um, in order to perform, I think you have to like what you're doing um, because it's a lot of work. And it takes a lot of commitment. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the job itself has a way of sort of filtering out um, people that may or may not have chosen this career. Yeah, I, I, I can agree more with you there. Well, listen, man, I really appreciate you uh, you joining me today, being on this podcast and freeing up the time. 
you know, it's the uh, just about the end of January here, and I, uh, I'm a little salty myself. I think you are as well. I can't let you go. Uh, any predictions for the Super Bowl? You know, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm a little bitter the way this year went, and I know you're an Eagles fan, so you're not any happier than I am. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a little happier because we made the playoffs, and I'll, oh. I'll just let that go right there. Oh, come on, man. This conversation was going so well. <laughs> but um, for the Super Bowl predictions, I got to go with the California team. I like Patrick Mahomes, but uh, I'm hoping the uh, 49ers can pull it off. Mm. Well, we'll see. I think right now they have them as a pick em, and I think it's true. I mean, it's hard to pick, so we'll, we'll have to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But it should be a good game no matter what. Looking forward to a great yeah. game, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Shams, again, thanks for being on this podcast with me, and I really appreciate your time and appreciate your insights and everybody who is listening. Uh, thanks again for being here. We're going to wrap this one up right now. And remember, your intention matters because that's the result that you tend to get. We're out of here, and uh, we'll see you next week. Go Leafs and go Raptors.